Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to the Texas 1A Fan, the initial show, the numero uno. This is the first one out of the gate. Tonight's special guests are going to be Justin Rucker, Jeb Dixon, and Jeff Jones, each from their respective schools. I am a boo-boo bear. I'm Bobby Brown, and here we go. I hope you're ready. We've got a few things going on Facebook and Instagram for our Texas 1A kids. We have been doing a senior celebration spotlight for the last few weeks. We have spotlighted over 110 kids and we want to spotlight you. Make sure you send in your information to Texas1AFan at gmail.com and we'll get you on the senior spotlight. We also, because of uh, the sad, sad, day it was when we heard that state track would not happen which is my very favorite thing we decided to do an instagram honorary track post so we asked all of the kids on instagram who followed us if you are a top five trackster in the region um, that list is at 1afan.com on the track link send us your picture and what events you're in and we will post it to our instagram also we've got a special announcement going out there this is going out to all the high school kids all the high school kids gather around special assignment homework we're going to need you to get with your coaches get with all your coaches we're going to have a coach relay challenge try to get four of your coaches together at your school get them to do a relay video it and send the time to the texas 1a fan we're going to get it out there on facebook we're going to get it out there on Snapchat. We're going to get it out there on Instagram. We're going to get it out there, believe it or not, on MySpace. If you still got one and it's out there, you're going to get it somewhere. And if you've got a coach that specialized in anything back in the day or talks about certain things that he was good at, get him to do his long jump. Get him to do his triple jump. Get her to go out there and run her hurdles. Get her to go do the pole vault. Get them out there. Get them moving. Motivate these coaches to get us going. Just because there's an outbreak doesn't mean that it can't be an outbreak of goodness out here in West Texas. Also, ABC News in the background, we've got a special report from a little town with the initials RS that has, it deals in a little bit of controversy with RS. Were there three Rankin athletes from the land of Rankin, Texas, seen in Richland Springs visiting the school? Well, we're just going to leave it right there, folks. We'll come back to that story in just a few. Stay tuned here on Texas 1A Fan. Now to our coaches. I'm going to go ahead and introduce them. We have Justin Rucker. We have Jeff Jones. And we have Jeb Dixon. And I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. And we did a, we did a coin flip, so we're going to go in order every time. Um, of course, you know, we didn't do this for favoritism or anything, just so you know. Justin, you're going to be first. Jeff, you're going to be second. And Jeb, you're going to be third. So, Justin, introduce yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Justin Rucker. I'm the head football coach and head track coach at White Deer. Uh, grew up originally in uh, Kitty Quay, Texas, went to school at Valley, uh, graduated in uh, 2008. And uh, so, and I'm in my, and uh, fixing to start my ninth year of coaching. Oh, wow. Jeff? Yeah, I'm Jeff Jones. I'm the athletic director at Garden City. Um, I'm also the head football coach, head boys track coach. Um, I'm about to start my sixth year here at Garden City. 
this is about my 21st year to coach. So I'm the old man of the bunch, I think. And uh, I grew up in a little town called Rankin, Texas, and graduated back in 1993. Took my time to get through Texas Tech. Um, but now I'm here, now I'm going. And it's getting closer to retirement more than it is the, when I started. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you already thinking about that? <laughs> Only when I go visit lakes and rivers and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> when you have the time, I hear yeah. you. Jeb? Uh, I'm Jeb Dixon. I grew up in Gatesville, Texas. I actually got into the six-man game late. Uh, my first job was for Eddie Gallegos as the defensive coordinator at Delaferro. Uh, now at Gorman. Uh, been the head coach here for three years. This is my 10th year, maybe eleven. Just finished up my third year as an AD head football coach here and fixing to move on to Oglesby, Texas, and try to rebuild and restart a program there. Well, we're so glad you guys could join us. Uh, we're going to go right into the questions. This is probably something that you've all thought about many, many times, but I don't know if you've ever been asked. If you could get five minutes back from the 2019 football season, what would it be? Justin. Not long and hard about this. I, I think uh, if I could get any, any time back, it would be the third quarter, or the, five, the first five minutes of the third quarter in the Ira game this year. Um, you know, at that time, at, at halftime, we were down by at least, I think, about 20 points. And uh, we came out and something changed in our kids. And, uh, you know, we finally went full six-man this year and got an air horn. So uh, it was – it was nice to, to hear that blowing a lot there in that third quarter, and our kids really turned it on, and we came back and ended up winning by, I think, over 30 points. But it was very fun and very up-tempo. Our fans were going nuts. The atmosphere was great. You know how it is when kids are chest-bumping each other. Coaches are all yelling, screaming right up and down the sidelines. It was just a fun, fun and exciting atmosphere for all of us. You know, Bobby, that's a real interesting way to have taken that. You know, we're looking at – you know, we were thinking this was going to be more of if I could get five minutes back to make a change or do something like that. And uh, that's Coach Justin Rucker right there bringing in a positive with his uh, five-minute change. Jones, are you going positive or negative? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I only get one five-minute stretch because <laughs> I know of a whole quarter against Rankin I'd like to have back. But, you know, probably the most important five-minute stretch, and there's two or three of them through the our bad district game against Balmeray. Uh, you know, I just – I was a knucklehead and did not did not put our kids into a very good position to win that game. Uh, you know, there there was a five-minute stretch there where they got some picks and took it to the house. And, I, you know, there's, I think I would like to just have those five five minutes back to, to call some different plays and, um, you know, give us more of a chance to, to win and go on to the next round. And that, but that, that's, that's the five minutes I want back. Jeb, you got five minutes? Yeah, I've actually got a couple. Um, can they go like two and a half? Um, get strong, second quarter, top ball. It was that first quarter, top ball game. Uh, throw a ball to my big tight end, and he misses it three times and then falls and breaks his collarbone. I'd like to have that call back so I wouldn't throw him the ball and he wouldn't break his collarbone. Um, wasn't even touched. <clears throat> and then also, May and what was the district championship chance to take the lead inside the five and believe it or not I threw a bootleg pass with the freshman quarterback and we threw a pick um, wish I would have caught a run which I'm run heavy so I wish I would have 
maybe caught a little different play on first down and goal from the five. But thought we could catch them and fool them, and we ended up throwing a pick, and it changed the game. Gentlemen, thank you for answering the five-minute question there. Um, you know, we, we sat around, we thought about different things that we could talk about during this. Uh, one thing that, that's near and dear to my heart when I think about football, it's something that we all think about. It's, it's the last time that you're ever going to be together with your team. You know, you guys, I've got so much respect for you because with so much, you know, happiness and so much joy that comes with coaching, every single year, unless you have one of those great years, you have to sit there and look at these wide eyes and you've got to look at those drop jaws and you have to say something from the heart that's going to stick with those kids for the rest of their lives because the last speech, the last thing they're told in that locker room when they're together as seniors is something that you and I both know you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life. It's going to be something that you think about and it's going to be something that kind of guides them over probably the next five years of their life as they think about that every single day. Now, I know you don't want to give us the whole speech. I know you don't want to tell us everything about it, but let's go in order again. If you would, just give us one minute or something that you like to touch on on that last speech with those kids as they're getting ready to go face the world as adults and maybe even give the advice you give them there to their own kids in the future. Well, it's kind of hard for me to, <clears throat> to talk about what I said because uh, there was a lot of tears involved just like every year. Like you said, at the end of the last game, is always a tearjerker for, for us, but – you know, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what I said before the last games. Is you know, this is you know, it's a very special group for me. This group of seniors I had at Whitebeard this year is the, the first group that I've had that I've had for all four years. So, and they're very special. I've had them and uh, watched them grow up. And I mean, we could we could look at each other and know what each other was thinking. I mean, I hardly ever had to even get after my kids because they could tell by the way I was looking at them uh, that that they needed to change something. But anyway, um, you know, we, I just remember telling them play for each other. You know, I love you guys, and, you know, this this is big. Uh, this could be – don't let this be the last time is what I said at the, at, the end, at the beginning of every playoff game. And don't let it be the last time you wear this helmet. Don't let, it, don't let this be the last time. So, you know, that was really the, the gist of what I always told my kids, you know, there towards the end of the season. That was That's kind of the, the gist of what, what I went, went, went for with mine. Coach Dixon, uh, you know, there you are, same situation, uh, last game. Walking into that locker room, I mean, it, it's, it's time to talk. I mean, if you would, share with us just a little bit of, uh, of something you try to touch on whenever you're in that moment. I mean, one of those, I tell my kids I love them all the time because I do, man. I treat them just like they're my own. And, and, and that's always how I begin every speech is I love you guys. Go out, play for your, for your family, play for your friends, play for the name on the front of your shirt. There's a lot of coaches that, that don't believe that you can be – friends and coaches and that's all bull to me I'm, I'm i'm their friend i'm their coach like those kids need more than just somebody that, that, that goes out there and coaches them on friday night i i truly love my kids and i'm going to reveal this we don't know very often I, i'm not a big rah-rah guy uh, we linked arms there before we went out on the field and you know talked about family and and how you protect family and and, and make sure that no matter what Whatever went down, you had each other's back and, and you were going to be a part of something later on in life that, that you know, it's not just about the, the winning and losing. You know, there's going to be times at, at some point in life where you sit around a campfire with your buddies and talk about the good old days and, and, and how, how much that I, I enjoy those times with my friends being down in the trenches and that, that I believe that 
these kids get that opportunity as well. I'm a sore loser, and, and, and I, I try to make that about my – I mean, I love <clears> – <throat> I mean, we all are in this profession for kids. I mean, we all we all <clears throat> build relationships with them that, that are beyond football, that are beyond, you know, anything else. And, and, and life lessons are something that I, I truly believe in. And, you know, I just want to make sure that my kids know that I love them and I care about them and that, that no matter what – Win or lose on Friday night, we're we're going to be together at some point throughout the years. It it was a rough it was a rough deal that first round to, to to go out and, and and not be able to continue on with those guys, and and it's it, it's even it's even worse going in after the game you know game afterwards. This was a group for me. I had eight seniors, and like Justin said, you know you don't even have to. To tell them what they're doing wrong. They come to the side and they're like, "Coach, they're doing this or they're doing that." You're like, well, "We adjust this way," or you know, whatever. And it, it was a special, it was a special year and a special group. And you know, my biggest deal is I just want them to know that I love them and and that told them that you know, preview before game, after game. You know, I'm not a big raw rock guy. That's not who I am. Hey guys, I, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Jeff and, and Jeff. Jeff, I went out of turn there, but uh, I mean. It, I guess it's kind of fitting, Jeff. Uh, you know, I did grow up with you. I didn't know you out there. I, I know Jeff to be one heck of a competitor <laughs> and a very passionate individual. Uh, as far as sports go, you can say anything you want about Jeff Jones, but the guy I know is a competitor. And, uh, Jeff, like, I know that it hurts you when you're in there. I know that you, you're, you're part of the joy. I know, I know you're elated at times. But uh, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, when it's that, it's a hard speech. It's the last one you got to make. But um, where are you with that? Yeah, it's always tough. Um, you know, I, I hate losing more than probably anybody I've ever met before in my life. So coming off a loss is, is one thing. But then, uh, you know, all the all the memories just come flooding back. I mean, um, it does get emotional because you just you just start thinking of everything you've been through since August with this bunch of kids, and all of a sudden it's it's ripped away from you, and you don't. You're not going to have to go in and do a scouting report. That I mean, it's it's just it's very tough to deal with, especially the seniors because you know they're done. Very few go on to play at the next level. It's the last time they get to play a game of football, you know. And uh, I miss it so much. I became a coach. You know, I mean that's a uh, it's just part of it. But you know, I I like to I just tell them you know uh, I just I reiterate our covenants that that we talk about from day one. There's just so much that goes on with those as far as Garden City kids. And I tell them just to always fall back on their on the covenants. You're, you're going to be a successful in life as long as you keep these four things in mind and work to do those. And, um, you know, I just I just tell them, you know, for a couple of weeks this one's going to hurt. Uh, but the the world keeps turning. And, you know, if, if losing a football – and one thing I just make sure I tell them, if losing a football game is the worst thing that happens to you, you're going to have a very nice life it it, it, get, it does get emotional, like Coach Rucker said. I mean, it's just because I'm with those guys probably more than I am my own kids, and they're probably with me more than they are their own parents. I mean, it's just a lot goes into it. All of a sudden, it's just done. You know, you just – you got to pick up the pieces and then get back to work because coaches have to have a short memory just like athletes. And you start a new season that Monday, and, uh, you know, you start thinking about the next football season, you know, very quickly after that, and after you get through beating yourself up for the mistakes you made. But, you know, it's, it's a tough speech. It's, it's not real fun. It's not fun to, to give. It's, it's just I don't, I don't like doing it. So, I mean, that's why 
I want to get to where I can win the last game of the year. That would be fun. <laughs> so we'll see. We appreciate that, guys. I mean, it's it's a tough subject to get into because so many young men and women uh, get their hearts broken for the first time out there in whatever respective sport they're in. And, uh, I mean, I honestly think as, as you get older, it's kind of a beautiful thing that actually happens. You've just given so much of everything that you had. And then once you sense that loss and you feel that, you're able to move forward. And it becomes one of those things that people can take less and less from you because you know loss. Bobby's going to move on to the next big question we got for you guys. Okay, so we're trying to stay away from the quarantine question uh, because, well, that's been done to death. Uh, I know Rutgers had some honeydew projects. Have y'all had some honeydew projects on your list, and what have they been? I've, uh, I've been building fences. I've been uh, building coffee bars and stations for my wife's salon and building, building, building. I told my Father-in-law, I was just going to get out of coaching and start building stuff, and he said, don't get stupid yet. So <laughs> that's what I've been up to, trying to keep my mind occupied through all this. Jeff, any honeydew project? I'm a coach for a reason. <laughs> I did not know how to do anything that other cool guys can do. Um, about as close as I've gotten is I can, I can change tires because I worked at Discount Tire for three. I didn't know how to do it to that till I was in college. So, I mean – I just, I'm, it revolves around coaching, and my wife has asked me to try to do stuff, and, and we argue, and I'm, I have, you know, open a, a drink of some sort and forget about it. But uh, I, I, do, I do not have many other skills other than uh, getting ready for a game. <laughs> well, I mean, those sound like pretty good honeydew projects if you're sitting around with a drink, so. <laughs> it, I, it's sweet tea. I mean, it's – yeah, it's getting hot. It's almost summertime, so I, I get it. Gab, <laughs> you got any honeydew projects? Man, I've been so bored not being able to coach that, like, I mow the yard every day, and I have to lower the deck to be sure I'm getting some grass. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I started out at a five, and I'm down to a one and a half. Like, I'm lowering that deck as low as I can get to try to get some grass <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like Jeff. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, it's crazy. Like I've never been in the middle of anything like this before in my life. So are you like my dad and decide to mow the yard at like 6.30 in the morning to wake all the kids up? Uh, 6.30 in the morning, 6.30 in the evening. Like there's, there's a couple times where I'll mow the front yard and then come in and eat breakfast go mow the backyard, and then we have a lot behind our house. I go mow it at 6.30 in the evening. Like, I mix it up so I can try to get out of the house, like whatever I got to do. Sounds like you might need to, to get a lawn, landscaping business going. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I mean, I love – I mean, it's the only thing we do in life. I mean, as coaches, that's one of the things we do that's thoughtless. Like, you go out and you cut the grass, like – I love it because, like, I don't have to think about it. It's just driving around in circles. We got this little zero turn that you just kind of zip around and whatever. And crap, it's great. Like most people mow their yard in 15 minutes with the zero turn. And by the time I get through, I spend like three hours. Like, I have a freshman son. I'm not mowing the grass. Got you, Jeff. Like I get it. All I have left in the house is a freshman daughter. Going to be a freshman daughter. So I mean, it, it is what it is. Rucker, you have a. Riding lawnmower? I do. I've got a big old nice zero turn mower too. Did you I've make sure to make the gate large and wide enough I did. to get through there? 
I did. I, I put the 10 foot gate on the fences I've been building so I, we can get a lawnmower through them. We did lawnmower. Do, do, they, do you have to mow in white deer? <laughs> well, you can mow the snow. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Snow off the pads and stuff. That's the way to do it. Okay. Let's talk about the snowball this last year. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> there's there's your 45 minutes or, or, or I guess an hour and a half or whatever that load to take back. <laughs> the, the snowball? Yeah. Snowball was between White Deer and McLean. District battle. I can tell you as a photographer at that game, um, there were no trails. And I probably lost about 10 pounds walking around that field in seven inches of snow. <laughs> it was horrible. But a memory for sure, like we talked about earlier. I mean, it's definitely something that uh, kids remember forever. And that's why we went ahead and played it. Who knows when the next chances they're going to get to play in the snow. I think it's a great thing. And it's, I mean, I put pictures up in our field houses of different uh, moments throughout the season, and that's definitely one of the ones we'll have up is a picture of the snowball. Even though we so Coach Rucker, just, just out of curiosity, uh, whenever the snow does hit like that up north, what do y'all have? Do y'all go out there with shovels? Is there like, do y'all have one of those snow machines to blow the lines out? Like, I mean, all we did was pick snow shovels and shovel the lines off. So, so is it just like line. students, teachers, the band, everybody out there? Do what now? Is it like students, teachers, the band, everybody with either a, a shovel or a rake or something? And my, my JV football players out there doing it all day. What I had out there doing it. So gotcha. about six to eight inches of snow in between the lines everywhere. It was a mess. Wow. Made for some great pictures during the game, though. I can definitely yeah. tell you that with the snow flying through the air. We did have a snow plow, but it was uh, he was wearing number twenty, and he was in white and black from McLean. <laughs> he was, a, he was definitely a snow plow. <laughs> yeah, he looked like a <laughs> the abominable snowman running through the snow is what he looked he was, like. It looked like he was doing snow on the ground for him. Everybody <laughs> else was doing high knees, and he was just running normal. Actually, got that film. It was impressive. <laughs> yeah, not from you, Rucker. <laughs> it's all good. Your your assistant was sending me photos of the snow the snow game. Like y'all would be out there getting ready to warm up, and he'd send me a text. Look uh -huh. at this! Like I never had this in Zephyr, Texas. It was definitely a memory for sure. It's crazy. And what's crazy is the next day at game time, which you know, which was a Saturday, but at seven thirty at night, there was there was not a bit of snow on the field. We should have just waited the day. That's why I don't coach in the fact I'm fine when it's hot, but when when it gets cold, man, I'm a sissy. I'm not a big fan of the cold either, but I guess I'm used to it. Coach Jones, you like the cold or the hot? Hot. Hot, hot no doubt. <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather be hot. <laughs> I've been searching through Twitter, and I've actually seen some things pop up about how during this time period, people have decided to take up a physical activity of some type. Like, oh, I decided to start running again. Have any of you done any of that? Any running, anything? <laughs> running, that's funny. I've been running a nail gun. I've been getting a lot of activity done, but it hasn't been working out necessarily. I like my hamstrings. So you will be participating in the uh, coach's relay, is that what you're saying? Negative. I probably will. If I can get three other ones. I will not. You're like 10, Rucker. You should. 10 coaches. <laughs> Whatever. 
We may be we may be coaching football and basketball with two coaches next year. We just lost one of ours. He went he took a head basketball job. Are we are we getting like a medal or anything for this relay or is it just for like fun? Well, we might be able to put something together, but we need to see what the uh who's all gonna get in there. We we'd like to see at least, at the very least, four to five schools, you know, get participation and I'll tell you what, it would be fun. I mean, get the lunch lady out there. Get a teacher out there. Get somebody out there that is involved in your school. But make sure you got your head coaches out there. It will not be It will not be Gorman. I can promise <laughs> you that. You can time. Uh, there you, but it said head coaches had to be involved. Well, I, I, just well, get involved in, in some way, shape, or form. Isn't timing involved? There you go. I, I, I don't mind timing. I'm good with that. But I don't know if I don't know if I could talk any of my guys into it either. They like their hammies too. Ben, I bet Ben still run pretty solid little sprint. Oh yeah, yeah, that dude runs three miles. He rides a bike three miles a day with his pulling his feet. <laughs> and while we're talking about running, let's dispel a little rumor out there. You know, kids are always talking about head coaches, assistant coaches, and different people. I, I know a lot of times people around the towns like to watch the kids, see what they're doing, you know, in the offseason, getting going. Is there an off switch for a coach, or are you guys actually paying attention to every little thing that's going on out there and, and what they're doing? I mean, you guys definitely know who's out there running, lifting, working out, doing something. Uh, I mean, there, there's not a blind eye to that, is there? I mean, I've got – I've kept an eye on most of my matter I'm sitting in my office right now, and I had uh, two or three of my boys out there doing grass drills on their own for about an hour earlier. So, I mean, I, I've been fortunate with the group I've got right now. They've taken upon themselves to make sure and get stuff done. I really haven't had to have a hand in much of it, and any of it, obviously. But other than I've, you know, given out some weights and things like that for them to use. But it's been an interesting situation. Uh, you know, we we post. Uh just some suggested workouts and stuff for them to do. I have a, I have a, like I said, I have a freshman son. I, I can hear who's, or he comes back and tells me who all was there and who was lifting in the little shed that we have up there in, in town. We have a shed that has some weight machines in it. It's not a, not free weights, but it, it'll do, I guess, for right now. And then uh, he'll go running and tell me who all he saw out there or whatever. So I, I got a, I can got an idea of who all's been doing what. I don't live too far from the school, so I can see too and. You kind of, you kind of. I think the proof's in the pudding. Come August, uh, if we're able to get back out there, and you know, or come in the summer when we can start working them out again and starting using school facilities, you know, the proof's in the pudding. You know, I, I can't control what they're doing, but I, I can control who gets out there on Friday nights. So we'll we'll see what happens. We have we have a few that have been doing good, and it's the ones who I thought would be. And you know, problem about Garden City is eighty percent of our kids live twenty miles out of town. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm hoping they're doing something. I, I think they are. I, I trust them. So we'll see what happens when we can get back all together again. I mean, I always make my lap around town just to kind of check on my kids. You know, it's, it's a little different situation here. Most of my guys are working. So I, I feel like that, that they're staying in somewhat shape. But out there, you know, I got several farm kids around here that are, that are baling hay or hauling hay or you know, whatever else may be. So I feel like they're they're out there working. I have a couple kids that are that are working for a welding or, or whatever else it may be. So as long as they're outside, I feel like they're they're gonna be all right. So there you have it, kids. If you're out there listening, uh, definitely need to keep in mind that there could be eyes on you. You know, everything is a step in the process out here in uh, 
Texas in sports. So, uh, you know, just keep up what you're doing, and hopefully you're out there doing the right thing. Now we're going to go to the 10-second drill. We're going to ask you four questions, one at a time, and you'll have 10 seconds to answer it. Now, they're not hard, uh, so don't get all nervous. It'll be fine. Here we go. We're going to go Justin Rucker out of White Deer. Justin, are you ready? Uh, yes, I'm ready. All right, here we go with your 10-second drill. If you had an opportunity to play on grass or turf, what do you want to play on? Turf. Best host school for the visiting team. You are the visitor. Uh, Borger, Texas was pretty good this year. Who's got the best facilities in your opinion? Uh, that I've seen, Borden County. <laughs> that personally. That I you've mean. seen, yes, sir. Yeah. All right. And who has the most hated horn in the state of Texas? <laughs> Balmeray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, going on to Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones, are you ready? Yes. You got the opportunity to play on grass or turf. Where do you play? Turf. Best host school for the visiting team. Rankin does us good. Best facilities you've seen? Ours. Most hated horn in the entire state of six-man football. Balmeray's, because every time we play them, it goes off too dang much. <laughs> There's two for Balmeray right there. All right, moving on. Coach Dixon, here we go. You've got the opportunity to play on grass or turf. What do you want to play on? Grass. The best host school for the visiting team? AT&T. <laughs> best, best facilities? AT&T. <laughs> <laughs> and who's got the most hated horn in six-man football? For me, it's Borden County. <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, me and Bobby were talking about this the other day, and I was saying that uh, sometimes we, you know, people make all these little jokes. One of the funniest little stories I heard was these two guys talking. Uh, they were in the stands, and I won't say where, but they're talking back and forth. And he says, "You ever think that maybe they say who's the most annoying, goddamn person we got in this town?" And when they decide who it is, they're like, "Give him the horn." And uh, I mean, I just sat there and laughed for like ten, fifteen minutes thinking about that because it seems so true in a lot of cases. Even in my own hometown, I mean, it's always bah, 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 bah. If, if I had my way, I, I'd kind of like to see them go without that. Uh, how about you guys? Are you, you big Horn fans, or are y'all kind of ready to see them go by the wayside? Oh, like I said earlier in my first question, we finally went full six-man and got a Horn this year, uh, about somewhere around district time. And, you know, I think it's part of it should it's part of the culture in six-man football. I love it. I mean, uh, we had one growing up, and – Playing against teams that have it, I feel like it's it's a big atmospheric thing, and I, I do. I, I really enjoy it. I, I would hate to see it go, to be honest with you. I, I don't mind one way or the other, to be honest. Um, you know, at the start of the game, you hear it, and you're like, wow, that's that's loud. And then uh, – but after that, you kind of – or me, for me personally, I, I just – it kind of – I block it out. You know, when they score, of course, it's going off, but I really don't hear it because I'm thinking about, well, we're about to get the kickoff and, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, we score or do whatever. I don't hear ours. You know, we, we lost ours this year uh, halfway through the season. Something happened. It broke. Again, it's, it's nothing I missed. I, I didn't miss it when it when it was gone. And I uh, just really don't pay attention to it. So, I really don't care if they're – as long as they're following the rules of when they're supposed to blow it. <laughs> So y'all kind of added a, a bit of a visual effect to the Garden City one. Am I right? Like, didn't – does it have a light on it or am I wrong? Or? Uh, I think so. 
Uh, they get a little lively. Yeah, because yeah, y'all took it to another level. Because even even down in Rankin, uh, they were like, we need to get lights on it. Like, what? You need to get lights on it? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, they have it in a trailer, and there's lights and all kinds of stuff going on. Sterling Cities is, is pretty fancy, too. I think they got a bunch of bells and whistles to go along Sterling, with. Sterling City's got like about a – like a twenty twenty five thousand dollar job that, that yeah. goes from uh, town to town. It's really nice. Well, the most interesting thing is that two of you said Balmeray, and Balmeray's horn is not very big. Oh, it's not. It's not. And the, I guy, the guy who built it, we asked him about it, and he said, "Yeah, I designed it and I put it together." And and then he said that he had taken it apart to paint it blue. And he forgot how to put it back together. <laughs> and he worried about it and fretted about it. In the middle of the night, he woke up and he remembered how to put it back together and he got that thing together. And now it's pretty hated. So, uh, and then, like I said, it's not, I, it's not the volume of it. It's just how much it seems to go off every time Garden City plays Balmeray. I hate horns. I wish the UIL would freaking get rid of them, period. I, when we played there, when I was at Jonesboro, we played there at AT&T. It's, it seemed like Borden County's horn went off like every 15 seconds. And as a defensive coordinator, that's not something you want to hear. So I would just soon UIL do away with them, period. I hate them. I can't stand them. We hosted a classic over here at Gorman, and golly, it seemed like everybody wanted to bring their horn. And so I finally went, like, literally to the to the city, and I was like, hey, let's pass an ordinance where they can't have these things because I hate them. So, I'm going to put one on your lawnmower. I, well, it would go off a bunch, but I hate them. Like, I can't stand them. I don't I, – I just – I don't know. It, it, to me, it takes – for the fans' pleasure, I don't like them because I believe that some of them are overkill. Um, you know, like Zephyr's horn, like, dang, they can hit a button sitting in the stands and it sounds off out in the parking lot. Like, that wears me out. I, I, I'm just, I'm not a big fan of the horns. I, I, I would just send them go away. We don't have one, obviously, so I'm a little jelly, but like, I would just send them get away. Like, go away, period. I hate them. On the horn question, we've got three coaches out here, three accomplished coaches out of West, out of Texas here, and uh, we were two for one. So, Bobby, I think we need to keep up with that. On as far as the first questions go on the horn, uh, we're two and one on this night. Definitely. We want to thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Uh, I thought it was a really good conversation, and I had a good time. Um, Hopefully we can have you back on here because even after this quarantine is over, we're going to keep doing this. We've been wanting to do it for a long time and we just never got it together. So we finally got time and now we're going to go forward with it every two weeks. But we are so glad that you were with us this first time and thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's been great, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for doing this, guys. We really do appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for everything you do, because I know that the track stuff and all that has to be crazy. And I just I appreciate that because it actually saves us time going and looking for the times of whoever else is running or whatever else. So thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for all the support. I'm kind of a, a, a track result nerd, so I love doing it. <laughs> Me too. Well, and and I, it, it's gotten to the point, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a big track guy. And the last three years, I, man, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, 
I know how hectic it has to be because just keeping up with our own kids is crazy, much less every kid in West Texas. I mean, so you've done awesome. It was hard the first year, but then everybody figured out what I was doing and they started sending me track results. So, And, you, and you know, guys, as y'all listen out there, we welcome you not only to send in your own videos of yourselves running out there and doing the uh, little contest, but, you know, you got that senior kid, that boy or girl doing something out there and, and it would have been a good year for them or it would have been something special for them, which, which I'm sure for a lot of you there would have had some kids that were going to do great things this year. Go ahead and send Texas 1A fan a video or a time, something like that. Maybe you can get something started, uh, go up against other kids, and, and people can just get those times, see what's going on. We'll validate it through the coaches. Uh, I mean, it's not a meet. It's not a track meet. It's not anything sanctioned by the UIL. But I think it'd definitely be fun to get something started for the kids out there. Yeah, and I won't force you to write it down on an official results sheet. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And now, boo-boo, let's drop your bomb. As far as the bomb goes from Richland Springs, ABC News, Channel 7 News, here we go. We have further information on the three kids from Rankin, Texas, that were visiting a little town called Richland Springs. It turns out that it was nothing more than a fishing trip by a, uh, a Mr. Wyatt here in Rankin, Texas. He has a 20-year-old son, a 19-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old boy went down out there, visited the coach, uh, Jerry Burkhart, that uh, had coached for a little bit in Rankin. They had a bit of a friendship. He decided to take them uh, fishing and go around and see the town of Richland Springs. And I think if you do visit Richland Springs, one of the things that you're going to want to see, because it is somewhat impressive, is the, uh, the billboard out there with the state championships on it. So you're going to run by, you're going to take a look at that. Uh, they have a little pizza place. Yeah, they're going to go get a pizza. And uh, there's a little place uh, next to Richland Springs there. You're going to go get Dairy Queen. And what else is there to do in Richland Springs? You're going to go do a little fishing. So it turns out the uh, jokes on everybody who was post all this big news of where everybody was, it was nothing more than a 20-year-old man, a 19-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old kid that was going out on a little fishing trip in Richland Springs. And there you have it, folks. We wanted to introduce Boo Boo. I know it's a little late in the game right now, but Boo Boo is the newest member of our Texas 1A fan team. Uh, we have several members. We have three photographers now and let's see, four broadcasters. Stephen Reynolds is from Dayton. He's a broadcaster. Uh, Michael McClure is a broadcaster from Paint Rock. And Jason Henderson from McLean is broadcasting for us. And Boo Boo is going to do that part-time for us this year. And he's contributing with um, articles and such. One thing that we're going to start doing is a newsletter. It's just going to be available on our website. So we're all going to contribute articles about all things 1A. It's going to be different. Hopefully you'll get something you like from it. I know that I was going to do an article about famous people from six man towns because I thought that was interesting. We actually posed that question during the quarantine question and lots of people came back with famous people from six man towns. So I thought that was very interesting. I might just write an article on that. And you know, don't let this be something that escapes you. If you're, if you're a high school kid, senior, junior high kid, whatever, or teacher, coach, somebody involved in an administration in any way or at your six-man school, and you've got a story that you want to tell, this is your forum. 
to come out there. Now, it's going to need to be two things. It's going to need to be positive, and it's going to need to be fun. Uh, we're not looking for the heartbreak stories or anything that's going to, you know, blow the lid off of anything or, or something that you think is important. What we want is if you're a, a 16-year-old kid and you think that your school auditorium is haunted and you have a story that you want to tell about your haunted school auditorium, well, let us know because we're the people that want to know what's going on at your little school, what's going on at your little town. Tell us about how you spend your summers, how you spend your winters, what you think of, of your town. We love where we're from. We love the little towns, the little communities, and we want to know why you love them so much also. Give us a reason to love where you're from and let the rest of the world and the rest of the state of Texas know what we're doing. I have to tell you, we're getting a picture of a ghost in a gym right now. Um, that's incredible. Wow. We might have to get a little copy of that. I know that every town has their uh, ghost stories. I know in Jayton, for when I was in high school, it was always the rascal from Haskell, and he lived in the, the old mill. And every Halloween, we'd go try to look for him. And we also had Woodson Bridge, where they say a man blew himself up and his guts glow in the dark in the weeds now <laughs> in the creek. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stories like that. And we'd like to hear from you. Those kinds of things are what makes us a six-man community because we all know about towns that are near us and all the kids talk. So let us know. Yeah, we, Bobby, you know, I, I think somebody actually sent in a little bit of a thing that got this thing going as far as the ghost stories was that there was a hallway near a gym, and we can't say which school it is just yet because they may want to write in about it. But I think they said no matter how many times you turn that light off, it always seems to find its way on. And it can be midnight. It can be 2 in the morning. It can be 2 in the afternoon. Like, they don't ever find it off. But the coach that was talking about that place said he's definitely turned that lights off more times than he's turned that thing on. So, you know, that's kind of a little interesting way to go with that. And that, that's, that is what we're looking for. And it doesn't have to be the ghost story. It can be something inspirational. It can be something that happened, that, you know, where you grew up there or, or a certain thing, something that y'all do, maybe a tradition before you go play a basketball game. Or do y'all have like an old basketball? Do y'all have an old football? Do y'all have an old baseball, softball? something but just give us the lore give us that that attraction make us want to know what's going on in your community because we all got a story to tell and we want to put that story out there for you if you'll send those to texas 1a fan at gmail.com we'd appreciate it also we'd like to invite you to listen in on episode two of the back roads of texas 1a on Sunday, May 24th, we'll have a whole new slew of coaches to, to laugh with and ask our silly questions uh, and also a few serious ones. Please join us. So to Coach Rucker, Coach Dixon, and Coach Jones out there, guys, uh, much respect to what y'all do. Uh, you guys are changing lives, and you guys are doing so much out there for the communities. Everything in sports is competitive, and I know you guys are amongst some of the most competitive out there. We'd like to thank you for your time. Thank y'all for coming out here, spending some time with us, and I hope we can do this again. I hope y'all come back. And the best of luck to each and every one of you and whatever we do out here in this 2020 season. We're so glad we had Justin Rucker, Jeff Jones, and Jeb Dixon with us for our first episode of The Backroads of Texas 1A. This is Bobby Brown, and I'm signing off. 
It's Boo Boo Bear, and we're going to give you a final quote as we close this thing out for this first historic show of the Texas 1A fan. I'm certain it's only going to get better and better as the weeks go by. This is from a man named H.D. Thoreau. It's actually a person that Bobby quite enjoys in the world of English literature. He went on to say, a man is rich in proportion to the number of things he can afford to let alone. And from all of us out here at Texas 1A Fan to all of you at home, go forth and do good.